you don't need more chill. You need to go hard in the other direction and completely cut out any of the laziness or the indulgence that you had in your life. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. How do you create an unshakable business? I crossed $100 million in net worth by the age of 28. Now I'm growing acquisition.com into a billion dollar portfolio. In this podcast, I share the lessons I've learned in scaling big businesses and helping our portfolio companies do the same. Buckle up and let's build. I got arrested six times in a span of 18 months when I was 18. And now I am 32 and I run a very successful company. And this is for anybody who feels like they don't want their past to define their future. I like to share this stuff because I don't feel like when I was going through this and trying to pull my life together after getting arrested so many times, I didn't know of all a lot of successful people who talked about some of the stuff they'd experienced in the past. And I've always wanted to be that for people who didn't have it and hopefully be a source of inspiration for people who are in that dark spot so that they know like you don't have to subscribe to being the same person that you are today, tomorrow, and you can completely change your life. If I look back to what caused the situation, I think it was a lot of environmental change, like going from living in a household where there were rules to then living on your own where there were no rules and living with people who did a lot of partying and drinking and were not very responsible. And then also not having a high level of responsibility that I had to rise to the occasion on a daily basis. You know, it was like, there's less responsibility. It basically, my environment made it very easy for me to not be the person I want to be. And that's what I think I would say made it that plus not having the skills myself to manage how I was feeling, not having the skill of delaying gratification, not having the skill of patience, not knowing how to deal with negative emotions, combine that with the environment. And I think that is what caused the situation. It's funny. I don't vividly remember being arrested the first time because I was so drunk, but I remember the next day and I didn't think it was a big deal. I didn't. I didn't think it was a big deal because my environment made it normal. Many people got arrested that I hung out with. So what? It wasn't abnormal. And I think that a lot of people are in situations and they are not achieving their goals and they're doing things that are not good for them long-term because it's acceptable in the environment they're in. I would say that even it's reinforced to some degree. People laugh. They think it's funny. They talk about it. It becomes something you joke about next week when you go to the bar. And I think a lot of people, oh my God, did you hear like Layla got arrested? Oh, it's hilarious, blah, blah. You know, Jimmy got a DUI last week because, you know, he was driving like an idiot, you know, had a few whatever. And and it just becomes, in a way, it's completely accepted. And it is entertainment for people around you. And there's some sort of reinforcement that people get for that. It's like, oh, well, it's entertaining. Like that is, people find you interesting now. It's something. I'm not saying it's good. It's, I don't think it's good, but it's something. I think that I met a lot of people through the jobs that I had and then through proximity, which is you go and you move out on your own into, you know, like a college campus or apartments and you meet the people that live around you. And so most of it was that. 
you know, it's just meeting the people that lived around in that area. And just so happens that I think depending on what type of school you go to, what type of town you're in and what type of college you're at, that's going to dictate also like what type of people go to that place and live in that area. And it wasn't necessarily a school where everyone was had a lot of pressure to highly achieve. It's not like it was incredibly expensive. And there was a lot of not nice schools surrounding it. So a lot of the same people lived in that same campus area that went to those schools that a lot of people who you know didn't finish high school, didn't have a proper education would go to. And so it was kind of like a melting pot of all those people living in that area. The moment that my dad told me that he thought I was going to die if I continued to go down that path, the reason it was effective to hear that was because in that moment, the cost of remaining the same was higher than the cost of change. And they talk about this a lot for people, which is like some people say it, like you've got to hit your own rock bottom. But what that really means is that there were more negatives to remaining the same than there were positives. And a lot of people, unfortunately, never hit that because others around them maintain order for them so they don't have to experience all the negatives. Or others around them normalize their behavior, which becomes a positive. And in that moment, it became very clear that remaining the same was no longer worth it. I think that in that moment, I agreed with him that that could happen. Like I could just do too much drinking or drugs and end up dying. And I also felt incredibly ashamed. And I know a lot of people poo-poo negative feelings or whatever, but I felt completely humiliated, embarrassed, and ashamed. So much so that that became one of the biggest negatives. Is like, this isn't funny anymore when you've been arrested six times. This is no longer a joke amongst your friends even. It's like a concern. And it no longer becomes like, oh, Layla's just off as a teenager to my parents. It's like, no, you're going down the wrong path in life. And I just remember having such intense feelings of shame in who I was, in the fact that I've been arrested so many times, the fact that I was overweight, the fact that I wasn't you know, getting the best grades in school. And I just felt like ashamed of who I was. And the pain of remaining who I was was greater than the fear of changing. In the moment when I was like, I have to become a new person, you know, I think I was lucky enough to have had consumed enough information in my past that I was reminded of. And one of those things was that your environment is a tool that you can use to initiate change. And so I remember thinking, I need to change my environment. I need to get around different people. I need to be around truly a different place with different social norms. I need to have more responsibility. I need to change everything around me. If I change everything around me, it will change me. And I didn't have much thought into that. I just knew that people smarter and more successful than me said that that worked. And so I did it. And I think it was generally good direction. And now I understand why it works. Back then, I didn't know why. I just knew people smarter than me with lives that seem much more appealing than mine said to do this. And so I will do it because I have nothing to lose at this point. So I moved out of the apartment I was in. I moved into my own alone. I stopped hanging out with my friends, accepting their invitations to go places. And when I did go anywhere with my friends, I was sober. So I would be the one that drove. So if you drive, you know, it's like, all right, well, I'm not going to drink. I got a different job to not be around people who were doing all those behaviors. So I got a job on campus. Those were the three main things I did. And then I filled my time 
that I normally would have been partying and doing drugs and hanging out with these people with working out, with studying. You know, that was when I first found YouTube and I started watching documentaries and watching things on working out and bodybuilding and business and, you know, personal development. I started filling my time with other things rather than just stopping. The key is to replace it with something else. Because if you're just sitting there doing nothing, suddenly eating the cookie is much more tempting. But if you have baked protein muffins earlier that day, you don't even need the cookie. You don't even want it. There's no desire because there's no lack. And so I think desire comes from lack. You take away all of these things that we're providing you with reinforcement and you put in no other reinforcement, you're going to want to do those things. And the likelihood that you give in is going to be much higher than if you replace them with something else. I didn't tell anybody anything initially. I only said, I basically sent out this message on Facebook like I'm going dark. That's what I did is I essentially was like, my words mean nothing at this point. What I've told people I'm gonna do and what I've said I want to be my actions do not support these words. So I need to go build evidence for everyone around me that when I say something, I actually do it. And I'm a person of integrity and you can trust my word. And that's been very important to me since then because I don't ever want my actions and my words to be misaligned because they were back then. I had a lot of friends that were very unsupportive that told me that I talk about you know me and say, oh, she thinks she's too good for us now. That was the root of it. It's like, you think you're too good for us now. Like, oh, you have to go work out and do all this. Like, why can't you just like relax and, and just like chill? And I can do that now, but when you're trying to get your shit together, you don't need more chill. You need to go hard in the other direction and completely cut out any of the laziness or the indulgence that you had in your life. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And so I think being a little extreme when you're in a period where you're really trying to change, I think it's good. Because the momentum works in both directions. I had momentum in the wrong way. I needed to build momentum in this direction. And so that meant like I wasn't taking Saturdays off. I wasn't taking Sundays off. I was working. I was working out. I was studying. And so I think a lot of the times, what you have to do to get yourself going in the short term, in the long term, that's not sustainable, right? But like for six months of doing that, I think that was the best thing I could have ever done for myself. I think once people started saying things to me and treating me differently, then I realized that things were working. People were like, wow, you've really changed. I mean, that was just it. It was just like, you've really changed. People will still comment on my today and be like, really proud of you because they knew me from a time when I had nothing to be proud of. And it's probably surprising that I was actually one of the few people that did that because not many people do because it's hard. Being lonely is not a problem. And I think being able to be alone and to forge your path by yourself is something that very few people can do, especially now. And it is a very unfair advantage when it comes to life because most people are just so afraid of being alone or feeling alone. And yes, that it's hard at times and it sucks, but you learn to rely on yourself and you learn to instill the skills in yourself to manage those things by yourself. And I think that creates a better relationship with everybody around you when you're not sucking them dry for things that you can't give yourself. Most people look for things in other people that they cannot give themselves. They want love, affection, support. Why can't you love and support yourself? And if you don't love and support yourself first, it doesn't matter how much love or support you get from your husband because you're always gonna feel this giant hole because you do not, through your behaviors, 
show yourself those same things. You know, what's funny is like people always ask, they're like, how do I get around people that are better for me? How do I get, I didn't have anybody for a while. Why? Because I was in a weird transitional period. I wasn't relating to these people and I didn't yet relate to these people. And so there were a couple of years where I barely had any friends. And that's okay because during that time, I took that time that I would have been hanging out with people and I just poured it into being better. And I was like, eventually, I will attract the friends I want. And I did. Eventually, I got a job where better people worked. Eventually, I lived in a neighborhood where people that were like me lived. Eventually, on social media, people with similar interests started reaching out, commenting, you know, starting conversations. And I started making friends through that. But it's the same thing as attracting a spouse, you know, like, same goes for friendships. It's like, if you're a dirtbag, you're not going to be friends with all these successful people. Why? Because you are a punishing experience for them. You bring them down. So until you find friends that you have an equal exchange, you get just as much value from them as they get from you. It's really hard to have a friendship. Because then it, it turns into resentment. It feels like, oh, they take more than they give. You're not an attractive friend yet. And a lot of people want more friends. They want a better significant other. They want all these, but you have not yet created yourself into that person. And nobody that is desirable wants that. I literally moved out to California because I read in a Tony Robbins book that he bought a house in Corona Del Mar. And I had the dream that I wanted to one day be able to afford to buy a house on the cliffs of Corona Del Mar, which if anyone's gone there, you know what I'm talking about. So I went there and I moved to Costa Mesa because I couldn't afford to live in Corona Del Mar. And it was the closest thing. And I would drive to that beach and I would walk around and I would lay on that beach and I would look at the cliffs and I was like, one day I will be able to afford that. And I found it very soothing in a way because I was like, at least when I'm around this, I have the inspiration. I can see that it's possible versus when I'm living somewhere where there's not even houses even close to that price range. It felt like the vision was limited. And so for me, again, I think the general instruction of reading from that book was very beneficial for me, like generally gave me good direction because let's just look at it, right? You're living in a small town, move to a bigger town. There is just by the, the fact that there's more people, more opportunities for work and better opportunities for work and more opportunities to make more money. And you get to be around people who make more money. So you see what those people are like. What do they do? What do they talk about? Where are they going? What are they doing with their day? And so you get to study that. And so then when I moved out there and then I got a job working at a nice gym and then I have clients who are all rich and making a lot of money and doing all these different things and I get to talk to them and hear what do you think about these things? How do you do this? How do you do that? What do you think about marriage? What do you think about work? What do you think about living here? And then you get to start studying that and notice patterns. And I didn't get to do that before because I wasn't around people. I didn't have access to people who were like that. We like to repeat the behaviors that we watch other people do. So we have to be really careful as to who we're around that we watch. Every time that you face something in life where you're in a situation and you feel like you don't know what way is up and you don't know how to get out of it and you've dug yourself into this hole that's so deep and you're like, how do I make my way out? I now have an anchor, which is I remember when I did. And I wish that for everybody, but most people never even take the first step to give themselves a chance to know that they're capable of doing it. And I'm no different than anybody. If I can do it, then you can do it. And I think that having that confidence that I can, I can experience some of the most painful times in life 
and I know I have my own back is I think more powerful than anything because then it allows me to go into situations where that's a risk. Maybe there's a lot at stake here and I could feel a lot of really bad feelings. But like I know when I feel really bad feelings, I've got my own back. So if you feel like you're in a place where you're stuck and you want to change your behavior, you want to change your life, and it just feels really hard, I want you to remember that the reason that you are not changing is because the cost of remaining the same is not yet higher than the cost of change. So what you want to do is figure out how to engineer your environment to make staying the same more painful than changing. And if you do that, you will move. 